Welcome to the Yatrasat Podcast, where we dive deep into the transformative moments of an entrepreneur's journey, unearthing the stories behind their biggest challenges, from their hurdles to their high rises, and discover the untold stories that led to their success. This is from before the rise till after the set. Today's special guest, we have EJ Saunders from Blaze Digital Solutions. EJ, it's great to have you, buddy. Thanks, man. It's great to be here. So tell us a great little about yourself. Well, I'll kind of give a little synopsis. Um, married, got four kids, uh, been in marketing for about just upwards of 15 years now. Um, I've seen a lot of stuff coming from the early days of the, you know, the 2008 up through today has been a lot of change, a lot of innovation, a lot of things as far as the marketing space goes. Um, I actually have a master's degree in cybersecurity and part of the, the Utah National Guard as well. So there's, there's, I'm Thank an IT guy. Service. Yeah. Kind of started my realm in the marketing space and then dove into the technology side of things and learned how to develop websites and obviously the cyber side of things, the IT side of things with the military stuff. And, um, and then that came full fledged, you know, with, with marketing. So, yeah. No, what I've noticed with all of us too, especially like uh, I've had a TV on my show. I've had Robert on my show, Manny. I think we've all started off in the same exact concept that we were IT professionals before we got into digital marketing. And I'm like fascinated by how that transition happens. Like you have a marketing degree in, you said, uh, cybersecurity. How did you go from cybersecurity yeah. to digital marketing? Like how did that transition happen? Um, so when I actually, so back in 2008, um, or 2007, 2008, I had just gotten married and I was trying to figure out, you know, what to do with my life. And so that kind of, you know, started to, I started to search things on the internet and things like that. And so that actually led me to online marketing. So I actually went in wanting to just make money from online. So back in those days, it was really rare for someone to be working from home and to be making like a living, right? That was ultimately the dream. And so that I kind of started down that path. I got a job at my first agency I worked for called Orange Soda uh, in American Fork, Utah, and just sold. I, I was a sales guy uh, for those for that company. And in that process, I learned the premises of SEO and I learned uh, keyword creation you know, for pay-per-click campaigns for Google and all that kind of stuff. And that uh, led me to to realize that knowing the tech side of things is really important, you know, mm -hmm. to be able to track everything, to be able to, you know, understand and to build a website, you know. And so my thing was, I want to dive a little bit deeper into the tech side of things so that I can build something for myself, at least the beginning parts of it, all on my own. So knowing a little basis of the marketing and knowing how I need to build it for the marketing piece to it um, was really what I was after. And that drove me into go going to get my, my undergrad degree, which is a business degree with a technology emphasis. And so I learned you know, how to code websites. I learned, you know, basic, basic PHP and HTML and, and JavaScript and um, a lot of those other languages. Python, I learned uh, a bit of Python, which 
which then dove me up like, okay, this is stuff's really cool. So that's actually where I thought my career was fully going at that time. And uh, so I got a job at a couple different agencies, you know, down, down the way of uh, just being a developer. So it's like, I want to go in and I just want to be a web developer. And everything always kicked back because of my background in marketing and knowing SEO and stuff like that. They always fell back like, oh, can you help us with this? Can you help us with that? And um, and right out of high, right out of college, uh, I had worked at an, an agency doing that and then actually started another a company called True Natural Bodybuilder. That's what led me um, into, you know, the dream, so to speak, of I'm going to develop my own website. I'm doing this thing. And I was doing live streaming for bodybuilding events. And so before live streaming was like a thing, (laughs) interesting, you know, back in 2010, you know, 2012, like live streaming was, was a little bit of a, like people didn't, I don't know. They didn't really see. They didn't understand live streaming. What's a webinar? Yeah. Right. And so the, so I had I struggled big time with that business because nobody would pay for sponsorships. I was and and I tried to sell supplements online as well, and it was very difficult. And I had actually hired an agency to to help me with that marketing piece in the sales component there, and it completely like just didn't work at all. So that struck a nerve in me to be like, I need to I need to learn more on how to better run ads. I need to run, you know, SEO. I need to dive into the new things about SEO and all that kind of stuff, which kind of did take me down that road a little bit, but I still wanted to get just hone in on the development side. So I got another job after I closed that. And that's when I joined the military as well after TMB. Um, so I was like, I'm going to do coding and I'm going to get into IT and I'm really just going to dive into this section of it, like full fledged. Dove into it, you know, went to basic training, did all like the the advanced individual training and all that kind of stuff. Came back to uh, to that same agency, and <laughs> there was like six people that had all left like at once, which left a massive hole for somebody to run ads for clients, somebody to do SEO for clients, and then still the development piece to it. And I was just the guy that had enough experience for them to kind of go to me and be like, did you want, can you help us out with this? And so that's what basically started my full-fledged back into marketing um, because I started running ads for clients. I started doing all of those components. And so fast forward, you know, five and a half years or so, and um, I had all that experience. So I was doing anything and everything for clients from account management to um, running their ads, to doing their SEO, to, to helping out with some design components, uh, to, to full-on development. Um, I built a, I, I had helped build a shopping cart from scratch for a client, which is, so it was like a custom flow for, uh, for this stuff. And so that was interesting. So I got a lot of experience and then, you know, tap on that, the, you know, the IT experience and stuff with the military and on the military side, that's why I actually drove into cybersecurity because I did see like a hole in that. And I felt like, Hey, if I learned this skill set, then I can add that 
in as a potential thing because I can know just enough to be dangerous, but just enough to like put a team together to be able to execute um, on the security side of things too. And so my thought process was, well, I can bring companies in on the marketing stuff. And then on the back end, I could potentially sell them cybersecurity services. So I'm not like using that as a front end offer. It's much of a back end deal. Um, that's still in the works of me fully developing that component out, but it's getting a lot, lot closer to that, which is exciting because then it's going to be like a full fledged, you know, everything marketing. And then you have the security side on the back end. So there's a, there's a lot of things kind of going on with that. Um, but 2020 came around, right? Mm -hmm. So December of 2019, my, I was sitting in church actually, and it was one of those days in church where I just, you're halfway asleep <laughs> and I'm sitting there just kind of like nodding off and stuff. And, um, I had, I was kind of going through a little bit of a mid midlife, I don't know if it was a midlife crisis or, or whatever, but I was just trying to figure out my purpose. Right. I was like, I need to know like why I need a reason why. Right. So that drove me to actually read Simon Sinek's Start With Why. And then I read his follow up book with that Find Finding Your Why. And so I mapped out um, everything, you know, like he does in the book, like the timelines and putting together like certain things in my life. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm like, there's a lot of correlation in with the events of my life from my mom dying when I was young all the way through uh, when I, you know, now have kids of my own. And all that kind of stuff. And so I was like, all right, you know what? Like this is the path that I'm currently on. Isn't necessarily the one that I think I'm going to be on in, in, in the future um, based around, you know, that why that I put together. And so uh, December, 2019, sitting in church, nodding off. And all of a sudden it hit me like a brick that I needed to, to leave my my current position uh, at the agency that I was working for and to do something else. And I was like, well, maybe I'll just go to, to work for another company, you know? So I actually started looking at that route, like, is that the thing? And then I talked with a really good friend of mine who's an entrepreneur, um, very successful entrepreneur. Actually, he had like a daycare chain and he's on like green, you know, a greenhouse chain and, and different things that way. So very, very successful, very wealthy um, entrepreneur. And he uh, he basically looked at me and was like, if you don't go off and just start doing your own thing, like I'm going to punch you in the face. Like that was the, that was the thing. And I'm just and like, truth. all right. Um, all right. So, um, so that's when I made the decision to actually leave my job and start my uh, blaze start blaze digital and lo and behold that was you know march of 2020 so it was friday the 13th march 13th was my last day at wow. work and that was the day like the pandemic in the state of utah like everything just shut down everything was just kind of crazy um so i started first thing monday morning on my own <laughs> to do that and so that's kind of um, a little bit of the story of where I come from in the, the marketing space all the way to, to today. A lot of learning, a lot of growth, um, 
a lot of successes, a lot of failures along the way. Uh, it's kind of a fun story to tell. And you yeah. did this all like the day of the pandemic, the real pandemic where everything was shutting down and everybody was losing their business or losing their minds because they thought they were losing their business. That's when you started to build yours. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So I got to listen to how like hard or how did that happen? How were you able to create this empire? Because I know you and you're a great person and I like you're one of my mentors too. How were you able to do something that others were fearing? Others feared their business getting lost and you created a business. So how hard was that? Um, it was stressful. The My wife was probably more stressed than I was. But the big thing I think behind it was I knew why I was doing it. And I knew it. I really felt deeply it was something that I needed to do. Like I was supposed to do that. And so that made it a lot easier for me to think through. Um, and with that, like after I left the company, there was, it was actually a little bit of grace because there was about five clients that, that followed me over. And so I immediately had revenue into the business from work I've been doing for you know years with these other clients. Um, so that helped to jumpstart things. Mm -hmm. Um, and and then I just really put put forth the vision of what I wanted to do. Wanted to help at least ten companies generate ten million dollars within you know a ten year period. And so with that in mind, I started to attract other people to come and work with me um, to be able to accomplish that goal. And so I think that's really like I I told my wife I was like I'll let you take care of like the financial side of this. Um, as far as like keeping track of revenue and like all that kind of stuff. So I can focus purely on just serving the clients um, because it was like all me for that first year. You know, mm -hmm. I generated, you know, just under a hundred thousand dollars that first year with just me. And that's, you know, towards the end of that year, that's when I started bringing on more people to help me out. So 2021 is when I officially had like um, brought on like my first employee actually, which is kind of interesting. And that, that year I brought on like six employees just because I knew like where I was going and I knew that people needed the help. Um, and, and I was there, I was there to help them. At any point, did you grapple with the imposter syndrome? Uh, very much so in the beginning. So I'd been a part of the digital marketer community be like when I was still working for that other agency for huh? like, couple of years actually just just their education part of it because i wanted to learn more dive deep into strategy dive deep into like how to do all these things um and so that education piece was big but when i left the uh later on in 2020 i actually um was like i need help I need help to understand like how to structure the business, how to do the things. And digital marketer just launched their elite coaching program. Oh. Um, that was just that, you know? So it was like perfect timing. I was like, that's couldn't have come at a better time. Uh, and, and so I signed up for that and Dave Albano was my coach. And so he, he just kind of helped guide me through. Um, I started bringing, you know, more and more clients on and, it to a point to where I had to stop bringing clients on for a minute. <laughs> so I could kind of catch up and hire people, all that stuff. And so that was, 
that was kind of a cool kind of a cool thing but yeah like there was a lot of doubt in the mix of because i knew i needed to create content i knew that i needed to kind of get myself out there to promote the business if i wanted to grow it and find and start working with these bigger companies i need to be more known um in the space and so that was like a big realization for me but it was very difficult especially in the beginning for me to to make any uh content video wise especially like i struggled it took me a, a while to to actually just you know put something out there i was so scared i was so like i had so much anxiety around what people were going to think and if i was going to say something wrong they were going to critique me which i mean it, it comes with the, the territory right but at the same time i'm like scared to be wrong i was scared to be wrong um because i wanted everybody to look at me as a as a true professional and expert um you know, not realizing that even the experts a lot of times get it wrong. And so that's because everybody has their own thing. Everybody has their own way of going about it and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. It just wasn't comfortable at that point. Didn't have like the full on confidence, even though like my track record with this agency I'd worked with and like with the clients that had followed me over and all that kind of stuff, like I still was second guessing some of it. So Dave Albano was like, he helped me a ton with getting out of my own shell with that. And the digital marketer as a whole actually helped a ton. So like Michelle and um, Dave, you know, especially was always kind of coaching me along. And then Garrett, even before Garrett was still um, with digital marketer, those, those three were like a big, a big uh, motivator and support for me to like do what I needed to do to, to get out there. And once you got out there, it was all smooth sailing. Um, for a minute, there's there was ebbs and flows. So mm-hmm. um, I started to get out there, but the, the problem was, is I was only charging like a few hundred dollars, five hundred bucks a month for some of these clients, which is another reason why I had so many coming in because it was so cheap, and I was yeah. driving results. <laughs> I was. Driving results and the cost was just ridiculous. And so, um, Scott Cunningham, I remember going the first TNC I went to when I brought my team. Um, Scott Cunningham, because I'd been part of the coaching program, he recognized me because I was in the calls a lot and things like that. So he kind of like pulled me aside. It was like, oh, you have got to charge more. I'm like, I don't even know like what to charge. Like, what should I charge? You know, a thousand bucks? Maybe I'll just do a thousand bucks. I was like, it'll double what I'm currently charging. He's like, you need to be charging at least twenty five hundred dollars. And I'm like, he's scared that people aren't gonna take it. <laughs> and so, um, so I was like, how am I gonna do that? How am I gonna like justify the price increase? And so I that was a big struggle for me to figure it out like, should I be charging this month? Is that way too much? You know, people are going to like, again, like come at me like I'm some kind of greedy person that's, you know, just trying to take advantage of people and all that kind of stuff. Right. And so my and that's where it kind of came around with the certified partner program, because it was going to teach me how to how to be like a proper like Mm. CMO, you know, that fractional CMO stuff. And I'm like, well, I already do some of this stuff, but this is going to be good backing for me to justify price and. Um, 
So yeah. I actually went out on a huge limb, became a certified partner, started going through the stuff. And um, I was doing a lot of uh, like mock calls and stuff with other certified partners uh, to kind of get my groove with the presentation, right. and sell it, you know? Yeah. And uh, there was a guy that I was doing that a lot more with. And he was, I was like, he asked me like where I was going to price it. And I was like, I'm just going to follow the, the guidance from Ryan, so to speak. And I, and that was even a stretch for me, like the $3,500 a month I'm like, for consulting. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm, you know, I heard it, you know, it's, it's, I started questioning myself, look at what I buy that from myself. Like, I don't know. Like it's kind of a, a crazy thing. And, and then I heard from that guy, he's like, um, I'm charging five grand minimum. This stuff that we're doing, you don't realize people pay 10, 20, 30, $50,000 a month for it, depending on like the type of company that you work for and the, oh, yeah. and the results that you can drive with it. Right. And so that really changed my mindset. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to charge five grand. If they want to pay up front, I will, uh, I'll charge, I'll give them a $3,000 discount. And it'll be 12,000 up front. And I went with that. That changed my business completely. I went from charging $500 a month to 5,000. Just like uh, that, right? Yeah. And, and it really changed a lot of things. You can see on my, on my revenue chart, I was like kind of going like this and it was kind of going up because I was getting more clients. Right. And then all of a sudden when I switched the pricing, it was like, it was a straight a pretty, pretty steep curve on the way up. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that was the first time I had ever hit $50,000 a month in, in revenue. And like, there was, there was a lot of things that were happening. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this completely changed everything for me. Now I can hire more people. Now I can like do more things. Um, you know, and since then, like that program has obviously evolved into, um, you know, into our revenue growth accelerator program, which is, you know, same concepts, but we hammer in a lot of edge execution and there's a lot of things that kind of go in with that. So I beefed it up. I beefed it up mainly because I felt like it was lacking um, on the execution side. And so I'm like, now I've got this team. I can charge five grand a month for these two services and we can execute it. So we can build the strategy and we can execute it and drive results. And it's going to be justified because the results will be there. Um, you know, and, and so that's kind of the the thing behind that. So that, but yeah, struggles. And and this last year was ridiculous as far as struggles. Um, I had a lot of people come and go. I had a lot of you know a lot of people that had been with me for the last few years was right. like, hey, I'm I'm going off and doing something else. Like you know, one of my best friends that was working with me doing emails and stuff, he went and left to to become like a police officer, <laughs> completely different, like yeah. thing. And then, um, and then other people that had been with me for a year or so had, you know, left to another job. And, you know, one guy came in and only stayed with me for three months and, you know, left because it was too stressful for him. And there was a lot of things that had kind of that materialized over this last year. That's really made me rethink things. Yeah. Mm. Uh, to be able to pivot, to be able to build more stability for the company because so we're not so reliant on on clients coming and staying. And so that's that's another thing that's evolved. I never really thought I'd be doing there, but yeah. 
So how do you maintain a strong connection with your customers? Uh, communication is huge. Uh, I started, so this, this year actually was the first year I started really actively marketing to get new business. Um, the whole time previous to that, it was solely built off of referrals, um, which is kind of an interesting thing. So 2023 came beginning of the year and, you know, I was fresh off of deployment. So that was, you know, I'm like, this is going to be the year. Like mm. we're going to be, this is it. Like this is, we're going to take off and cause everything was kind of poised. And then all of a sudden people started falling off and um, stuff like that. But I got into a CRM and before it was communication with the clients any way that we could, you know, we put them into, you know, a, just text them. We obviously email like crazy. We'd bring in um, like Marco Polo, like all the, you know, Slack, everything. We've tried so many things over the year for communication, but we got a CRM this year, which has really helped to streamline a lot of that stuff. Um, we still do a lot of emailing and things like that, but um, I'd say the constant check-ins and the constant ways that we're developing new strategies and tactics and things like that for the clients is going to be the how that's being accomplished. And it's interesting because not everybody really cares that the client wins, which is where a lot of agencies fall short. A lot of big agencies too, because they they are too focused on their own numbers that they lose sight of of why they were what they were doing in to begin with. Um, and I found that out with some employees that have, that came along the way this year that you know we had to let go. And, um, so there was a lot of there was a lot of turnover well, because you weren't aligned with the core values. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It wasn't really you know they were saying one thing and not doing uh, not doing it and um, you know, saying one thing and doing another. There's so there was a lot of frustration from clients and clients that actually left because of it. Oh. So yeah, we had to make some adjustments to to fix that. When you're growing a business, I feel like. Everybody kind of goes through that. <laughs> uh, everybody that I've talked to so far, you know, once you start bringing in employees and all that kind of stuff, having core values is such an important thing to be able to guide, you know, people as you onboard them to be giving them expectations, but also it helps to to guide your expectations of how they should be performing and the things that they should be doing. And thinking about and when they veer off from those core values, it's, it's sometimes it can be difficult to see, but it's a lot easier to pinpoint and find those things out when there's expectations built. Yeah, definitely. Know. Like uh, I'll tell you, uh, most of the clients that I deal with, like the first question I ask them is, uh, do they have a mission? Do they have a vision? Do they have core values? And I also ask their employees if they have that. And I would tell you about 90% of employees don't even know they have a mission or vision or don't even understand their core values. And that's where I actually see the bottlenecks happening because like I always say, where there's confusion, there's failure. And to me, that makes it seem like they're so confused that they don't see a way out. You have that system in place to actually like help your employees get better connected with your clients by utilizing your core values. Yep. 100%. (laughs) We actually built, so my operations manager, 
I don't know if you can see that, but Our value. we printed these out. So every employee gets them and then we actually send them with the client welcome sequence. And then on the back side of that, we have a mission or a vision um, right there. So it's kind of kind of a cool little reminder. Everybody gets one of these. They actually get a few so they can have them around. So I keep keep one, you know, by by my desk. And, um, you know, we have the wallet size ones so you can keep them in your wallet, which is kind of a cool thing. Culture is like a big thing for us. And I know like the success of my company is going to reside and revolve around the people that we bring in to be able to serve the clients and to, you know, enable me to, to grow the company. Um, so yeah, we've placed a lot of uh, time and effort into building that, that culture, but it starts with the values and the vision of where we're going um, and why we're doing what we're doing. I think culture is one of the most important things you could ever have as a business owner, as a leader too. I think culture is what defines how exactly you build your empire, I would say. Because without culture, without character, without any of that, then there's nothing going on. So if people don't align with your core values, with your culture, then there's no place for them there. And they're just a cancer to it. Now, I hate to use that word, but at the same time, that's exactly how it is. You have to avoid them. So what role does community engagement play in your business? Uh, community engagement, what do you mean? Like um, engaging with the whole community around you. I know your specific niche is now outdoors, right? So you deal with the outdoors, you yeah. deal with hunters. Like how well do you engage with that community? Um, I would say good. Uh, you know, we have a lot of the lead magnets and everything that we've built is solely you know, specifically for that industry, I go to a lot of events as well. Um, you know, and I actually participate in hunting and, you know, the outdoors is general. So backpacking, hunting, fishing, all that kind of stuff we do. And so it's, it's good to have that like level of communication with the clients because they know like, you know, I'm not just the marketer. I'm somebody that's, you know, has experience. That's almost a little bit of their, their target market for they're trying to market to. So, um, but yeah, I do a lot of events there. So like beginning of the year, I go to a lot of expos, go to a lot of things that way to interact with a lot of people face to face. I speak at a lot of, you know, at these events as well. So like the archery trade association, um, I've done some speaking with the meal deer foundation over the Western hunt expo. Um, this year I'm going to the, the national professional anglers association, uh, show to be able to, teach and talk to a lot of these influencers and stuff to teach them these basic components of marketing content creation to be able to so they can better serve their sponsors and teach them a little bit how to get sponsors and things like that what they need to do um so there's things like that that yeah i think the communication of the community engagement is is strong um i work hand in hand with the president of the mpaa um to help develop some things, you know, I work, we've done a lot of work for the Texas Dove Hunters Association as well, um, which is, which is pretty sweet. Yeah. You know, we, we do a lot of stuff that way. So, and, and the cool thing, like with the clients, because there's a lot of uh, synergistic things that you can do, you know, when you're promoting a lot of different types of gear and things like that. So we run a lot of giveaways and we do a lot of things to actually bring the clients together. Um to interact and to, and to grow that way too. So that's another thing that, and that's actually the thing I'm going to be talking about at TNC is giveaways and how we structure the giveaways and go about doing it. 
um, as a way for, you know, to help the clients win. But at the same time, it actually helps us get more clients <laughs> uh, at the same time. So it's just kind of a cool. So I'll be showcasing some of that and, you know, a giveaway that we ran in conjunction with a, uh, a product launch, or it was actually the precursor to the product launch um, that, you know, I'll be actually using that as the case study for, for how to utilize some of these giveaways in just different, different ways. So, um, but yeah, so I, th I think the community engagement is fairly strong and it's only getting stronger and stronger, um, you know, as, as I go. So. And how's it evolving over time? Um, just getting more involved with different people. So, um, as I meet more individuals and I start working with other people and we start, um, people are seeing me up on stages They're, you know, I'm coming out with a book. And, and so that's kind of a cool thing. So people are just naturally attracted to, to other, I think it's, it's like, if you want momentum in yourself, what do you try to do? You try to surround yourself with people that have momentum. And so I, I'm starting to feel that people are starting to come because they see the momentum that we have and, and the energy and everything we're putting into it, which is attracting more and more people to us and want to engage with us. I've been on a lot of, you know, handful of different podcasts and things like that as well. Um, that I didn't have, never have to like do any like hard outreach for they're reaching out to me, which is a good place to be. And, you know, according to Dennis, you, that's the place you, only should be, you know, they should be seeking you out versus you seeking them out. And if you do, if that happens, then that means you're, you're truly creating an impact and you're doing something to, you know, you're doing something right. That's what matters, right? So in what ways has that changed you as a person? Um, it's gotten me thinking a lot of, about how, you know, I've taken a lot of things for granted. You know, my own knowledge I've taken for granted and have suppressed that. Um, and and so I'm grateful, actually, for the opportunities that are coming out because it's putting me in position to actually speak out. Like, I feel like people want to hear me. They yeah. want to uh, they want to hear the story. They want to hear, you know, about the successes and, and what we're doing and things like that, which is just a, another thing kind of coming back to me of like, I'm grateful because now I'm being able to truly serve these people. Um, and I'm being less and less afraid to speak and to show my face and to get out there because it's helping people. Um, and that's really like, when you think about entrepreneurship as a whole, I've said this before, like in the past, but, um, entrepreneurship in, in my take is one of the, uh, best ways to kind of guide yourself to, um, I mean, this is going to be kind of, you know, hope it's not sacrilegious or whatever, but you, you, when you think about like becoming more like God, right. Mm -hmm. Um, entrepreneurship is one of those things that puts you in a position to do that. If you do it the right way and you have the right intentions, because it's all about serving other people. Exactly. Yes, you're doing it for an exchange of money, but at the same time, that exchange of money helps you to get more people on the team, gives you more resources to be able to serve people in a better way. Um, and so that, to me, is is where it's at. 
Sorry, something went in my way over here, pop up, and I had to close it and configure it out. So let me ask you now, um, you've, got, you've grown, you've gotten big, and I know with that, um, with getting more big, with getting more like clients in, it's, um, how do you deal with contrarian beliefs? Like, how do you deal with critical feedback? Um, we take it in strides. So um, the big thing is, is you know, one, of, one of our core values is um, humble gratitude. Hmm. and um, positive collaboration, right? Hmm. And assertive innovation kind of go into this as well. But if if we can't take critical feedback, if we can't realize that we're going to fail our way to success, um, like we're doomed. We're 100% doomed because, and, and being humble enough to realize that, yes, you're going to screw up. And when you do, you got to like just own it. And, and you got to change and you got to shift and make adjustments so that, you know, those things hopefully don't happen again and again and again. Right. Yeah. And so critical feedback is an, is an important thing. And that's part of like the open communication they have with the clients of like, you know, when things aren't going right, you know, we try to fix that and we realize and we own it. Hey, this didn't happen because of, you know, when we ran the campaign, it just, we didn't get the offer right. We didn't get this right, but this is how we're altering and shifting. So we're always have that positive collaboration of like how we're moving forward, hmm. um, which brings in the, the radical creativity and, and, you know, all that other stuff, assertive innovation, right? Um, those things are just really important for success in general. And so if you can do that, you can kind of build a team culture with the clients so that each client, we have like a team culture with that particular client. And it may be different client to client because everybody's personalities and businesses and all that kind of stuff operate differently. Um, but we try to build that internal like culture in with our clients as well so that they feel like we're just part of their team. We're not an agency. You know, we're part of, we're an extension to their team and we're operating as such. So what does success look like to you? Um, getting 10 companies to $10 million in annual revenue. That's what success looks like. How close are you to hitting that goal? We have two companies that are very much on track to get there well before the 10 years. And we've got a handful of others that, um, that have got potential big potential to get there. So I would say we're, we're 20, 25% there. That's fantastic. Because like what I know and what I believe is that once you get that first one too, then the rest comes so easy. And that's what I've realized, like uh, being around people like you, being around people like the industry, like digital marketer and like Grant Cardone, I've realized one thing that the hardest part is just to get started doing it. And I've realized that it's, the hardest is getting to that first million and from that first million to that 10 million comes naturally because you already know how to actually multiply your money. And what I've realized is that everyone I've spoken to and have gone from that certain setback, that certain breakthrough that they needed and just accelerated from there. That's why I ask, how far are you from that goal? Because if you're already at 25%, then you'll hit that goal with no problem in the next couple of years, correct? Yeah, that's the hope. Yep. Huh. 
So what happens after you hit that goal? Like, what are your future after that? Do you like move the goalposts further? I don't know. I don't know. I'm like solely just fixated on that one goal until we hit it. Uh, I don't know what, the, what beyond that looks like. Um, yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> because it's like um, you have the goal, you have it set, you're going to nail it. And what happens after that? Like, what kind of legacy would you want to leave? Yeah, I, I think the legacy is like a funny, a funny thing. But really, it's it's all about like, you know, a lot of what other people say, like, it's about the the footprint that you left behind and how people are going to remember you and what you did with the resources that you had. And that's really going to boil down to like my kids, my kids, how my kids remember me, how um, those closest to me, you know, saw me break through those things and you know, get through the hard times and just kept going. I think that's like the biggest thing. Like one of the biggest lessons in my life is breakthrough um, because I've had to do it since I was a little kid, you know, from when my mom was alive, you know, all those hardships and, you know, being in abusive relationships and being abused as a kid. And, and then from her dying to me going through a little bit of the system, um, you know, and, to when I graduated high school, but I mean, it was, it was like one thing after another, having to like break through and just kind of create a little bit of a callus um, for, for some of these things. And I think that's like one of the, probably the greatest blessings I could have had because um, it's put me in a position now to where, yeah, I have stressful moments and stuff, but I, I know how to just keep moving my feet forward and keep moving towards the goal. And keep just moving that mindset, you know, the mindset of like taking the bad for what it is, but then looking to see what just opened up because of that. Bad. So you would say your mindset has grown tremendously since you were a kid, since you were like in high school, just first getting started to as today. Oh, tremendously. Yeah. How has that humbled you? Knowing that I'm, I don't know, knowing that like I'm not gonna, you're never gonna reach like a, a time in life when everything is going to be peachy, right? Okay. So it's almost put me on the defensive, which is probably a bad thing because I think that's probably one of the thing, reasons why I didn't want to push forward and I didn't want to create videos and I didn't want to do some of these things because I was afraid of that failure and that the backlash and different things that way. Um, and I think that stems from my childhood for sure, uh, from a lot of some of the trauma and stuff that I've dealt with. but. Uh, there's, there comes a, a moment, I think, it, you know, a level of maturity, uh, you know, when you get to a certain point in your life where you just care less about the people because, you know, you have, you're like, I'm looking at my kids, I'm looking, you know, my wife and my family of like, how, um, how am I going to be able to provide for them, first of all? You know, how am I going to be able to really push it to be able to create something that where my, where my grandkids look back and they read some of the history and they see some of the things that I've done. I don't want them questioning, like, why didn't he just take that one step? Because it would have set 
everything up for so much more success or happiness or whatever. Right. So I guess I'm thinking less about me and I'm thinking more about like, how are my kids going to be positioned? How are my grandkids going to be positioned because of what I did? Cause I've seen some of the impact of how it negatively impacts when people go the opposite direction. Right. You know, they get sucked in drugs and alcohol and like all that other oh, yeah. garbage out there. Um, how it destroys families. It destroys opportunities it destroys everything and and when people look back and they're like man my grandpa was a dirtbag you know he was just a freaking ragged old drunk that beat his wife and you know didn't do anything great out there he worked hard sure but like at the end of the time at the end of the day he was a, a pure jack wagon right and mm -hmm. i i don't want that i want my kids and grandkids to look at me as like as somebody that they'd want to emulate to to move forward or some, you know, ways to like learn from of like, well, if he did it, I can surely do it because it's way easier in today's day and age to, to do what I'm doing than it was 10 years ago. That's for sure. Um, but at the same time, like the, the ability to live with regret is, is a very tough, tough thing to do. And so, and that was one thing I learned in the military. Um, was I know this is kind of going off on a little bit of a side tangent. The principles are the same. Like, um, so when I started in the military, I was like, man, I'm older. I was in my 30s. You know, I was like, I'm gonna crush it. I'm gonna. They're gonna want. They're gonna. You know, these false premises of like they're gonna want me and all these do all these cool things and stuff because I'm a little bit older and you know all this kind of stuff. But I still had to qualify. I still had to do stuff. So I still. So I originally went to. Uh, officer candidate school because I was like, you know what? I'm going to push myself. I want to, I want to get out there. I want to learn how to be a leader. And the best way to do that is put me into leadership schools and leadership opportunities. And with the military, that'll, that'll teach me a lot of leadership schools or skills and, and uh, capabilities, you know, to, for me to build capabilities for that kind of stuff, which it, it has definitely done. But the first time I went through OCS, I was like, it was such a, a heavy thing because of the way they go about doing it, right? Yeah. Very trauma-inducing, and so being able to work through that was difficult. And I actually dropped out that first time through. And I had like it was it was so weighed so heavy on me. I didn't want to show my face to anyone. They're gonna be like, they, you know. They're going to realize that I quit. And I knew inside that I quit. But I knew I knew I had what it took to go and finish that, that out. But I didn't. And so that weakness um, inside of me just was like, you have got to turn this around, right? <laughs> like, we've got to figure this thing out. Otherwise, like, how are you going to? How are you going to grow a company? How are you going to do all these other things if you can't do this like one small little thing that's that's a very finite amount of time to get to that next step? That's one thing, you know, and so when, you know, when I started Blaze, when I started all this stuff, I was like, I am not going to, I know it's going to be tough. I know there's going to be hard times, going to be good times. I cannot give up ever because that weight of, of that, like, is crippling. 
and you stuck it through and you did it. Yeah. So, um, well, it's taken me a while to get back to OCS. I'm actually completing it now, but at the same time, like it's much different. The mind is a funny thing. Oh yeah. When you, when you get your mind right and when you get, you know, get out there to, to, to do the things you know you should be doing, regardless of the discomfort, um, you build character and you build resilience. And, and and so when I'm thinking about legacy and all that kind of stuff, I want people to look at my life and the things that I've done and accomplished and the things I had to go through to to get there and I want them to say like, oh crap, I've got it way better. I have no excuses. Go and pound that because in. I know people have a lot harder than I do too, you know, and they've done a lot more with their life than I have. And so that's another thing that it's like striving for progress. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like my mindset was not in a good place because I always felt, I guess, like I needed to take a step back. I felt like I always had to be second place or third place because someone else deserved it more than I did. And it didn't do anything for me. It didn't help me out at all. Once you realize that your mindset is exactly what your issue is, and it's just in your mind, and you can do whatever you believe you could do, then it just totally changes your whole trajectory in life. And like I felt exactly what you were talking about, not to your extent, because you've obviously accomplished a lot more than me, but I feel it when it comes to mindset that the most important thing is to get control of it. Have you had any mentors besides Dave and uh, Digital Marketer that actually helped you? progress uh yeah absolutely so i mean dennis you he's part of the dm community but he kind of has his own stuff going on as yeah. well very successful guy um, i met him through the dm crowd but have stayed in touch with him and he's helped me a lot he's helped me a lot that's um, great. With, with things and stuff and so that's that's a really really big deal um yeah i have I always have friends and other entrepreneurs, uh, friends that are entrepreneurs and business owners and stuff that have always kind of helped me along the way. Like uh, Brian, the guy that, that told me he was going to punch me in the face. Uh, <laughs> he's been a huge, huge, huge help to me as well. Uh, in breaking through a lot of stuff, talking through things and, you know, making sure that, you know, we're doing the right things. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, I know there's a lot of other people that those those two spe uh, specifically are are big and um, that have helped me grow. That's fantastic. So, what kind of advice can you give the people listening to this podcast about entrepreneurship and starting their before the rise phase? Um, it's a rocky road, and I hear this more and more nowadays because entrepreneurship is kind of something that was like a cool thing. Yeah. Um, that people are like, you know, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm this, that, the other, because they see the glam and they see all these, these other things, but they, what they don't see is the reality of what entrepreneurship is. And so if you don't go in, into it with the right mindset and with the right purpose, um, like you're, you're likely going to fail, um, 
And if you do see success, like that greed is going to take over your life. And you see that with so many people that have a lot of money, they have success, but they're like miserable. Um, in, and because they have, they didn't go in with the right purpose, with that right mindset to begin with, because it is going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. Um, you're going to be tried more times than, than you know, um, what's good for you. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of those things that, you know, especially when you're responsible for other people's paychecks, like I'm paying multiple people right now. The, some of the most that I've ever gotten paid on the, you know, I've said on the civilian side, but in, in, you know, when I was an employee, um, and so like having that and bearing that responsibility weighs heavy. And so if your company isn't growing, if you're not doing those things that you should be doing with the right purpose, the right mindset, you're, you're going to fail and you're going to cause a lot of hurt and um, struggle for other people, you know, because of that, in my opinion. Um, and so that's, I would say, it's going to be hard. Keep moving. It's one thing my basketball coach, um, I played basketball in high school. And one thing he was, he'd always state is like, you know, when you start driving down the lane, you just keep moving forward. Like you plow through and you keep moving those feet forward. Um, and you just don't stop. Right. And so that's, that's kind of like a big, a big thing. You know, if you're in with, for the right reasons, for the right purpose, and you actually have an end state in mind, what you're trying to accomplish, um, that's good. And it brings value to other people, improves other people's lives. And you're there to truly serve. Like it's going to be tough. And there's going to be a lot of rough times, but you just got to keep moving forward so you can accomplish that mission. That's for sure. So you've been listening to the After the Set podcast with today's uh, guest, EJ Saunders from Blaze Digital Solutions. EJ, how can we get a hold of you? Yeah, so you can uh, follow me on social media, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, at EJ Saunders Official, um, TikTok as well. And and then you can always go to blazedigitalsolutions.com. Thank you so much, EJ, for today. Really appreciate you having on my show, having you on my show. And it's been such an honor to actually have you on here. I can't thank you enough. I appreciate that, man. It means a lot. Thank you.